So today as part of our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview John Persh, the Chief Commercial Officer for American Magic, uh, a U.S. representative for the America's Cup Team Yacht Racing Competition. So John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Julian. It's great to be here. Great. So John, uh, what I want to talk about you today was first your background, and then we'll talk about your role and responsibilities at American Magic. Then we'll talk about your favorite technologies. And then I'd love to get your take on the NFT metaverse space and any recommendation that you have to startups vendors looking to work with American Magic. And then I'd love to get your plans for the next 12 months. How does it sound? Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Great. So John, uh, you know, for the audience, could you start by telling us about your background? Sure. This is probably the 27th, 28th year uh, I have been involved in sports marketing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I originally, um, I, I went to, I, went, I got my undergraduate degree on a football scholarship and then I started to play international rugby for about 10 years uh-huh. and ended up going back to school um, and getting uh, an MBA and another master's in sports commerce from the University of Memphis. So I, I got my practical education to combine with uh, my own particular background as an athlete. Um, and so I thought combining the two would be a, a great way to sort of launch my career. Um, someday I, I knew I wouldn't be able to continue to play sports. So this gave me the opportunity to, to still stay involved with something that I loved. Yeah. So that's a great, great segue. So, and, and how did you and I know you work for the, the major league rugby uh, in the U.S., for example. Sure. I think your previous yep. role, uh, how did you end up joining American Magic? Well, I, you know, as, as I said, this is, you know, going on almost three decades of, of doing this. So, you know, I've, I've had a number of stops along the way. I worked for Creative Artists Agency, um, ended up becoming the chief marketing and commercial officer for USA Rugby in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I ran all the international partnerships and strategy for WWE out of yeah. Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, and so then people know it's it's the uh, the World Wrestling Federation. Or is that right? World Wrestling Entertainment. World yeah, okay. Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, the the WWF, which it was originally known, um, ended up losing uh, an IP lawsuit to the World Wildlife Foundation, the WWF, uh, in. In a, in a suit back in, I think, the 90s with regards to IP rights to the acronym. So uh, WWE rebranded itself from WWF to WWE. So that's how we, that's how we delineate between the two. Um, but then, as, as you said, Julian, I, I went and took over as chief commercial officer for uh, Major League Rugby. And yeah. that, unfortunately, was just prior to the outbreak of COVID and the pandemic. So we had sort of an abbreviated season and yeah. everybody sort of, as, as we all know, the sports world went on hiatus. Yeah. Uh, and so I had an opportunity to um, come back and I was, I was approached to work as the chief marketing officer for USA Sailing, uh, which is based in Bristol, Rhode Island. So that's what gave me the pivot from sort of a, a traditional sports marketing background with rugby in the agency world to pivoting to sailing and sailboat racing. Um, I can say that I am not a sailor, uh, yeah. but I'm really fortunate to have world-class sailors and gold medalists and, and 
internationally recognized sailors around um, to help provide any sort of gaps in, in my knowledge. So uh, it's exciting. So I was at U.S. Sailing for about six months and had the opportunity to, to shift over on the commercial marketing side for American Magic and the upcoming America's Cup competition in Barcelona in 2024. And that's in the fall, right? In October, correct? October of 2024, correct. Okay. Uh, and how was the transition from working for in rugby, right, to working yep. in the world of sailing? Was it a tough transition for you? I mean, I know you've been in the job for six months, so. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's let me see. It's how to answer that. I don't think it's a tough transition because, you know, I, I've, I've built a career off of working in what what I call, you know, sort of challenger brands or niche yeah. sports. You know, rugby obviously in the United States is is very niche um, compared to, you know, your NFLs, your NBAs, your NASCARs, et cetera. Uh, WWE, while massive in global, global popularity, still yeah. is pretty niche internationally, you know, compared to European football and cricket and even rugby. So the, the, the experience that I have in being able to articulate a value proposition or a narrative about something that doesn't have massive statistical or, or quantitative numbers to help drive sponsorship and engagement and storytelling, um, you, you have to be a, a little bit more deliberate. You have to be a little bit more bespoke in your approach and in your conversation. And you end up having you know, far less uh, conversations with brands and potential sponsors um, because there's just not really the interest. So the ones that you have have to be meaningful. Um, yeah. They have to be deliberate and they have to be well thought out. That makes sense. Now, can you tell us more about your role and responsibilities at the American Magic? Sure. Um, Chief Commercial Officer tends to be, and I think we're seeing it more in the U.S. now, um, but Chief Commercial Officer tends to be much more of a, a European term uh, than it does an American term. I think in the United States, you have your traditional uh, chief communications officer, you have your chief marketing officer, you have your chief revenue officer, and those are all very separate verticals, um, typically within uh, a, a company or a property here in the United States. Um, Europeans have a tendency to, to sort of tie those things together. And, and all of those things, very honestly, all drive revenue. Um, you know, the story that you create drives engagement. Engagement drives eyeballs. Eyeballs drive sponsors. Um, so the story that you tell, the way that you market it, all creates an opportunity and a foundation by which you're then approaching the commercial side or the sponsorship side. Um, so if you don't really have command or control over the story, how it gets out, how it looks, and how it feels, um, yeah. Certainly with, with challenger brands, as we talk about, or, or new sports, it becomes very, very difficult to sell that. And so my particular role with American Magic is I, as chief commercial officer, I have ultimate responsibility for the marketing. I have responsibility for the communications to include all your traditional PR and sports comms, as well as what we're going to do from a social media standpoint. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately at the end of the day, the, the conversations around what we do with sponsors and suppliers and how that looks and how that feels ultimately resides, resides with me as well. That makes sense. 
no, because you know our audience made of uh, startups, technology vendors, uh, teams using technology across different leagues and sports. Uh, my first question is how important are technologies to uh, American Cups teams in general, and in your case, and what are your favorite technologies that you've come across? Wow. Um, well, I, I, you know, I certainly think, and, and this really is the most technologically driven sport um, I've ever been around. Really? Um, we, we have, well, in just in terms of your pure tech uh, and the way that this looks and feels with our engineers and hydrodynamicists and naval architects and, and all of the models and simulations that they run you know, about the boat and, and what we're doing and how that looks and how that feels, you know, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of designers and engineers that are associated with the American Magic team. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the, I think F1 has done an amazing job in the say. last two or three years. Um, and, and I will give full credit to my friend, Murray Barnett, who was the, the former chief commercial officer uh, for Formula One. He was the the CCO at World Rugby when I was the CCO at USA Rugby and we became friends there. And when I moved to WWE, he moved on to F1. Yeah. And I think it was his team that conceptualized the whole F1 drive to survive um, sort of reality show. Oh, and really? I, I saw, I, yep. Oh, and I saw something. Sure. I love it. Uh, that, yeah, this is going back to, I think, 2017, 2018, 2018, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and I remember meeting with him in New York and thinking it just sounded like an amazing idea. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he was right. Um, I, I saw something probably three or four weeks ago where there, just in the United States alone, there's been an uptick of about 33% of fan engagement from United States audiences alone. I, I think the recent F1 Grand Prix in Miami yeah. you know, with the, I mean, I think they had 500,000 fans or something there over the, the course of the weekend. They're moving it to Vegas. They've got one in, in Austin. So I, I think what we've seen is we've, we've seen how narrative storytelling has captured an audience that, that ordinarily wouldn't have necessarily been engaged. Um, the United States is, is, from a motor racing standpoint, always been predominantly NASCAR focused with a, a little yeah. bit of IndyCar. Yeah. Um, but now all of a sudden, because of content and because of being locked down for two years and, and having to, to engage and, and digest content that's delivered to you at your home, um, we've seen an uptick. And so we've seen, how, we've seen the intersection of technology and sports work. Um, you know, I, I think everybody tries to do that. I think Microsoft has done a great job in trying to integrate that with what they've done with their Surface Pro in the NFL. But really yeah. seeing how technology and engineering and, and putting a piece of machinery together coupled with, you know, sort of the, the dynamic feeling of sports, that intersection has been fused really, really well with, um, with Drive to Survive. And so I think that we are very similar to that. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that, that uh, yacht racing and, and what we're doing with America's Cup is ever gonna be mainstream, but I think that there's a, there's a space there for telling stories from a narrative standpoint that makes sense. And a lot of those stories really will be technologically driven. Um, the amount of tech that goes into this, the designing, the engineering, um, the way that foils fly through the water is, is like a plane. 
Um, you know, they have the same properties, you know, going through the water as do airplanes um, and wings through an air. So, so there's, there's just, there's a ton of stories to tell there from a tech standpoint and an innovation standpoint that, you know, there obviously are some things that are, are very closely held to the best and are top secret. Um, and then there's some things that we'll be able to share. So it's a, it's finding the cool balance of telling what those, telling those stories to an audience that I think um, if we do it right, we'll be predisposed to consuming them. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and from a technology standpoint, because you've come across you know, different technologies, I'm sure throughout your career, whether it's the WWF or you know, the Major League Rugby or now with American Magic, has there been any of you know, technology that you, you really like? And, and could you talk about that as well? Anyone that you can think of? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, so I, I think the way that we are all connected in real time, I think it's really seeing the explosion of social media, uh, you know, and, and it's good and bad and, and it can be cluttered and yeah, it's by no means a, a perfect piece of technology, but there becomes, we, we, we've grown into an instant gratification society. Um, you know, if we want money, we go to an ATM. If we want to watch a movie, we put on Netflix. Um, you know, if we want to figure out where we're going, we pull something up on our phone. You know, sort of the, the background. I mean, I remember looking at the old, you know, AAA maps in the car and going to the bank and having to withdraw money and, you know, having to go watch a movie in a movie theater. So, yeah. so we've, we've grown and, and progressed. And I, and I think that we'll, you know, I mean, it's just what we will continue to do moving forward. Um, but that being said, I, I think the way that we have the ability to instantly connect with fans and an audience um, really is amazing. Um, and again, it's cluttered and, and, it, and it, it is by no means perfect, but I, I think that ability to, to share uh, instant results and instant live and real-time insights into what's going on with teams or, or athletes or competitions is, is really uh, is really amazing in the world of sports. Um, and, and I think that, that the, the way, the broader reach that we have to fans um, instantly around the world uh, is a game changer. Uh, you don't have to, you know, people don't have to wait to, to you know, they don't have to stay up until three o'clock in the morning to see something. They can, they can watch it on replay or then get the updates on Twitter or what have you. So I, I think the way that we're connected right now um, really is one of, the most amazing pieces of technology that I've seen. Um, and also just the way that we're able to push out content. There's so many channels and verticals right now to consume content that, you know, your story can get out instantly and can, and can be consumed across dozens of channels um, simultaneously. So yeah. for, for me, those are, those are really the pieces. I'm, I'm not the engineering guy or the tech guy. Um, you know, on the, on the, on the racing side. So I, I think those guys would have a different answer for you than I do. I'm yeah, the marketing I guy. You, you, I like your answer. I think the, the storytelling and maybe leveraging technology, I think it's important uh, for that. Um, so now, you know, there's been a lot of hype, uh, attention around NFT metaverse, um, ever since Meta or Facebook changed them to Meta. I mean, all the biggest brands in the world have been they say, look, we're going to do this metaverse. Uh, there's been different strategies. You know, we talk to the teams all the time, and I feel like everybody's learning right now. Everybody's learning about the NFT and metaverse. Um, so there's a lot of excitement, right? 
Uh, and then, for example, in sports, they're projecting that four to five million NFTs are going to be bought by, by sports fans this year. So, you know, what is your take on this whole NFT metaverse space right now? You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I say this, I, I, there's, there's a couple of things in my life where um, I, I sit there and say, I don't, I don't quite understand how this happened, but, but here we are. Yeah. I think one of the first one of the first things was um, esports, right? When yeah. when esports was was coming out in exactly. you know, what, 2014, 2015, 2016, mm -hmm. you know, part of me was was saying, okay, what people are going to pay to watch other people play video games? Yeah. Like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna last about five minutes, uh, but guess what? It didn't. It, it's it's here. Um, I, I think that. You know, now all of a sudden with, with NFTs, people are saying, wait, I'm going to buy a piece of digital technology. I'm going to pay how much for it. And, you know, it's, I, I think some people are having a, a, a challenge adjusting to it. But I also think from a practicality standpoint, you know, how many, how many pictures and images do we store on a cloud? Yeah. You know, we don't have, we don't have photo books anymore. You know, our, our grandparents and our parents used to have these old yellowed photo, photo books where, you know, yeah. they would go get their pictures developed and stick them in a book and, you know, trot it out every every Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever it may be. So we're, we're already doing it. We're already we're already placing things that are important or meaningful to us in the cloud. We're, we're, yeah. They're not um, they're not fungible. They're not tangible. You can't you can't touch them. They're, they're not they're not. A, it's not a physical manifestation. I don't quite know the value of that. And I think that, that the market will sort itself out. You know, it's the same thing with crypto. You know, I mean, I think a year ago, crypto was trading at X and it just had a massive crash over the weekend. And so I, I think that that will, it'll sort itself out. But I, I think digital technology, blockchain technology is here to stay. Um, I think that it's still in its infancy stages. I, I don't, I don't see it being quite mainstream yet. Um, going back to the marketability to mass audiences, I, I think, you know, the cryptos, the crypto.coms of the world, you know, are, we're spending massively in the sports marketplace to tell a story to mass audiences because you knew that you would get the reach and the eyeballs with, with things. Now, I mean, I don't know how that looks and feels after the, the market tanked with it, but we have the ability to reach mass audiences. I, I think though, it's still, you know, it's still sort of like esports in the sense, you know, from 2014 or 15, where it's something new, people understand that it's probably here to stay, but people can't really define it yet and understand what that looks like. From a metaverse standpoint, I, I, you know, we, we see, you know, I hope in our lifetimes, we never go through another global pandemic like we had, but, but being able to centralize socialization, I mean, that, that's really what Facebook and Meta was, you know, initially on the Harvard campus. Was was you know how did you how did you connect with other students? Um, so the metaverse really is is just a twenty first twenty second century uh, of of a way of looking at how people come together. I think you know if you if you go back to technology, just simple graphics and technology. I mean, I think sometimes people see the metaverse as still being you know sort of it, it looks and feels very old school, but look at Look at video game technology and the advancements that we've had there. So I, I, I see all of these things as being here to stay. 
Um, I think NFTs and, and the metaverse are in fact here to stay. I think that they're still um, in their early growth stages. It doesn't mean that they'll go away. I just think that they're finding their way in the universe right now. Yeah, and I like your point. Today I was talking about someone about the esports market, right? Like two years ago, like you yep. said, there was so much hype about esports. And this guy who is in esports, that's where he comes from, he said, look, the, the, one of the big mistakes made by some of the soccer clubs is that they took the FIFA game and they thought that's what esports gamer wants to play on. But they, nobody's, nobody's playing on FIFA on esports. No. So they made nope. a mistake. No, it's all the... Right. It's all Fortnite and those types of games. It's, exactly. it's, it, it's the, it's the interactivity, right? And this is, this is where, <clears throat> this is where communities of, of gamers. And, and I, I was about to say kids, but it's not kids, yeah. um, you know, have, have congregated with each other from around the world. So <clears throat> excuse me, it's the same concept of the metaverse, right? It's, it's connecting with people, yeah. You know, you wouldn't ordinarily connect with. And, and again, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, the, the 70s and 80s when, when I was a kid, you know, you had a pen pal in Germany and you thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know, because who would ever think you'd ever be able to connect with somebody in Germany? And, and now it's a, you know, you pick up the phone or open your laptop and it's an instantaneous connection. So there's, there's no difference. I just think the scale um, and the scope of connectivity you know, has, has amplified, you know, by a factor of a thousand X, um, you know, over, you know, my 50 years on this planet. And I think the next 50 years, we'll see even more exponential growth. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think we're in the early days of this whole NFT metaverse space. And my take is that you're going to just like esports, right? I mean, only the strongest companies are going to survive. And then uh, the market is going to stay, but there's going to be some companies going to shut down or just disappear. Uh, and so anyway, I think we'll see a natural select, I mean, natural selection, however you want to call it. Um, but it's, it's definitely an interesting space right now. Um, so next question is, I want to ask you, so if you had to give any recommendation to any vendors or maybe sponsors or whatever, looking to work uh, with American Magic, what, would, what recommendation would you give them? I think it depends on the space, right? And and to be completely candid, it's you know the the technology, the intersection of technology and yacht racing, sailboat racing isn't new. Um, I, I think as as the boats have become um, stronger and and faster, so too is the technology that that has come along to support them. So you know you you see there there are players in the space. Um, you know, and, and the, 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 the need for, you know, computational computing and, and AI and cloud computing and, and machine learning and all of those things, yeah. um, those, all, those all have traditional players, right? You know, you, you have your, your IBMs of the world and your Booz Allen Hamiltons of the world, et cetera, uh, your, Am, you know, your Amazons. And so you, you've got, um, you've got certain players that have, a little category is the wrong word, but just longevity in the space. Um, I, I think what what has to happen for the tech startup community you have to pick, um, you know, and 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 again, the the Amazons, the IBMs, and and the the Booz Allens, to just name a few, are behemoths, right? You know, they're they're multi billion dollar companies with tons of assets and, and whatnot behind them. 
Um, so it's, it's hard to break that stranglehold. Um, and it's hard to talk to the engineers and designers and, and what have you to have them break away from something that they know provides the results that, that it is that they need. So I, I think from a tech space, you know, it's, it's understanding um, a particular lane that might exist, you know, with the team um, or asking about a particular lane and saying, you know, what could I focus on? These are, these are our areas of expertise. You know, what, what could I potentially focus on that, that might, be, um, might be successful for us and us to be able to draft off of your narrative? So I think it's, <clears throat> it's, it's sort of bite size. Um, it's a bite size approach to uh, becoming involved and, and certainly too from a, a tech startup space. You know, there's not a ton of sponsorship money. Um, so if, yeah. it's, if, it's, if it's not a massive budget, you know, that you have to spend on marketing, it has to be a solve um, and, a, and a pretty definitive solve, right? It's, it's not, it can't, be, it can't be noise. It can't be, oh, well, that's a, that's a nice to have thing. Um, you know, we've got to worry about the have to haves first before we worry about the nice to have. So, you know, my suggestion is to, is to find a solve, um, ask how you could be additive in a particular vertical or a space that, that you live in from a tech standpoint, um, and see if that that's a fit and see if it's a solve. Yep, uh, that, that makes sense. Now, last question is, you know, uh, what are your goals for the next 12 months? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're obviously building boats. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think from a team standpoint, it's, it's, getting, <clears throat> it's getting all the parts. Um, you know, we have, we have a world-class skipper and, and Terry Hutchinson, yeah. Um, you know, we've got two world-class helmsmen, uh, with Paul Goodison and, and Tom Slingsby. Um, you know, so the, the, the team, the team is starting to sort itself out, but there's still, there's still a lot of roles up for grab there. Um, our base is on its way back from New Zealand, uh, here to Pensacola. So it's getting the base set up. Um, and then, you know, for me personally, it's what I would, what I'd like to try to do as best as we can. You know, and we'll always look to bring partners on board and we'll always look to, to have um, opportunities to engage. But I, w I would like to, for me personally, is, is get away from a lot of the revenue chasing and, and get, get, the partners, get the partners situated um, to a large degree so we can talk, start telling the story. Uh, yeah. the, the story, I think, is where we make great ground um, for the next campaign, you know, for, for AC 38 and AC 39. Uh, the goal, the goal here with American magic is to build a franchise, um, not just put a boat in the water for October, 2024, but, you know, really to continue on the legacy of, of AC 36 and what we're doing for AC 37 and 38 and beyond. Um, and it's, it's not just, it's not just yacht racing, you know, it may be different types of yachts. It, it could be auto racing. It could be bike race. Who knows? Uh, you know, we're, we're focused on AC 37 now, um, but we've always got a, a, an eye out for what the long range plans are. So um, it's a balance between, you know, the, the immediate need and desire to assemble a great team and compete and, and try to win the America's cup. Um, and then also what we want to do for the long term. Yeah. And, and just out of curiosity, and if you're able to share how much money, what would you ideally want to raise from sponsors and partners by the time, you know, by the fall, I guess? Lots. 
Um, <laughs> we're, 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 very, we're very fortunate, you know, with our, with our principals, Doug DeVos, Hap Bach, uh, you know, Roger Pensky was involved in the last campaign and he's still involved, uh, you know, with this campaign. So we're, we're incredibly fortunate to have an ownership group um, that, care, that, that cares very much about providing us with, with what we need. My job is, is to help mitigate that as, as much as possible. So um, it's, and it's also not just about getting money in the door. It's, it's finding the right partners. Um, it's finding the right partners who support what we're doing, you know, both on the water and off the water, uh, as, as well as fitting into you know, the, the moral compass of what we are as a team and what we want to do. Um, the principles that, that Doug and Hap and, and Roger set forth um, and, and then trying to find the, the right value for them. Um, you know, it'd, it'd be, it'd be great to have people coming in and, you know, writing 10, 20, $50 million checks. That's not going to be the case. Um, but what we want to make sure that they do is they understand what it is that we're trying to do and us be able to provide value back to them as much as they're providing us. Yeah, I understand. So, and obviously when you're racing, right, in a competition, the goal is to win, right? So how confident are you guys in your chance of winning those races? You know, I'm That's confident the team, it is. I'm, I'm confident that the team is doing everything that they can and need to do. You know, I, the, the designers, the engineers are, are working their tails off. Our operations people are, are, are putting together the, the base and getting the logistics set. Our, our high performance people are, are looking to put the, the best sailor athletes, you know, on the boat. Our, our skipper is, is, is leading us in terms of, you know, what we're doing with the boat and the design and the team. So yeah. I'm confident that, that everybody is doing everything that they possibly can to win this. Um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you got to get on the water, you got to get on the field, you got to prove it. Um, I don't think anybody here would say, oh yeah, no, we're going to win the damn thing. Um, I think you have to have confidence and belief that you will, uh, but you also have to do everything that you possibly can to, to put yourself in that position. Um, so, you know, it's it, what I, how confident am I that we'll win? I don't know how confident that, that I, how confident am I that we're doing everything that we can to win a thousand percent. That's great. Yeah. That makes sense. So look, we, we are at the end of the interview, but I want to thank you for, for your time today. Great conversation and good luck for the race. Thanks, Julian. I very much appreciate it. Thank you.